Well, good morning, Harston. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, just fine, considering. <laughs> Yesterday, I had a call with a man named Harston Jones. He's 62, recently retired, and is based in Atlanta, Georgia. He lives in a home he bought in 1998. It's a ranch-style home, you know, on about a half acre. It's a very diverse community. It's very convenient to a lot of important areas of Atlanta. Right. And location, 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 right? Like you have to choose the community that you want to live in. Absolutely. I got lucky on that. Like a lot of people, Harston took out a mortgage when he bought his home. A few years later, he got a second mortgage on the house. It was a home equity line of credit for up to $50,000. And Harston used that money to renovate his property. Some major repairs had to be done. All the windows had to be replaced. I needed to put a roof on the house. I needed to fix the driveway. It's a pretty long driveway. Things like that I needed to get done. Soon after Harston took out that second mortgage, the financial crisis of 2008 happened. Banks were getting bailed out, home prices were crashing, and a lot of people, like Harston, lost their jobs. Many stopped making payments on their home loans. Some banks stopped sending out statements for those loans, giving people the impression their loans had been canceled. Harston was one of them. And I thought it was over. And then I got this surprise letter in exactly three years ago this month. Since then... Harston has been embroiled in a legal fight to keep his home, a fight that other homeowners across the country are also going through. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Jessica Mendoza. It's Friday, June 23rd. Coming up on the show how zombie mortgages are coming back to stock American homeowners. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. The financial crisis was a chaotic time for the housing market. Home prices were falling, people were losing their jobs, struggling to pay their mortgages, and that led to a wave of foreclosures. Here's our colleague, Ben Eisen. A lot of people lost their homes because, you know, when you don't pay your mortgage, the lender has the right to foreclose on your house. And so there were tons of foreclosures. There were a lot of people that went to their mortgage company and modified their loan, basically got the company to change the terms of the loan so that they could get back on track with payments. And then there were some loans that just kind of, kind of disappeared. The lender, for whatever reason, wasn't going to foreclose on the house, but they also weren't going to get repaid back. And so a lot of these banks, they just kind of wrote down the value of the mortgage, basically saying, we are going to recognize 
a loss on our own balance sheet for having made these mortgages. And, you know, at that point, depending on just where, what the lender does with that mortgage, you know, they might stop sending statements to the borrower. And why would the bank do that? You know, banks were under pressure to clean up their balance sheets. They had tons and tons of these loans and that had all soured at once. Not every bank had the appetite to kind of go through with all of these foreclosures. So sometimes they didn't do that, and instead they basically just kind of ignored the loan for a bit. Banks call this charging off a loan. This is basically the technical term for what a company that is in the business of lending money does when they're not going to be able to collect money on that loan and they need to basically get it off their balance sheet, they charge it off. They just basically take the losses on it. Banks all over the U.S. started charging off second mortgages because it seemed like homeowners wouldn't be able to repay. And this is what Harston says he thought happened to his second mortgage. He had stopped payments on his second mortgage during the time when he was out of a job. When he was able to restart payments, he got back in touch with his bank. I called them when I got stable again. And they told me the mortgage is charged off. And I thought it was over. Your bank said that it was charged off. Yes. When I saw charge off, I said, hey, it's charged off. But Ben says there's actually a big difference between canceling a loan and charging it off. That doesn't mean the loan went away. That simply means the bank is deeming that mortgage uncollectible. So just saying, like, it's not worth the trouble, we'll take the loss— Moving on. Exactly. Many homeowners, including Harston, thought they could move on too. Then one day, in the spring of 2020, a letter arrived for Harston. It was a pretty ordinary-looking letter. It wasn't clear from the outside. I said, why is who, Why are these people contacting me? And I opened it up, and it was an official accelerated foreclosure letter with all the mouse print for like four or five pages. The letter was from a law firm representing an investor called Island Cap. It said that Island Cap was now the owner of Harston's second mortgage. And because Harston had missed a decade of payments, Island Cap was threatening to foreclose on his home. As you were reading it, like, what was going through your mind? I couldn't believe it. I was saying, how could this happen? I was very confused. But when I tell you that was one of the lowest points of my life to get that notice. It was awful. It was awful. It was a nightmare. It turns out that Harston's second mortgage hadn't died. His bank had sold his loan to new owners. Banks do this all the time. Often what they do is they just sell them off to whoever wanted to buy them. They might say, this loan is no longer worth, you know, 100% of its original value, but we might be able to sell it for 5% of its original value. And then all of a sudden it enters this new world of investors who are buying it because they think there's some value to be squeezed out of it. These investors buy the mortgages for pennies on the dollar, waiting for a day when house prices go back up and it makes sense to start collecting monthly payments again. And that's what happened with a lot of these mortgages. They changed hands sometimes many times and went from an investor to investor. At some point, it lands in the hand of an investor who says, you know what, I'm going to go to the homeowner and tell them that they have a new mortgage company and they have to start paying again or they have to make up for all those missed payments or I'm just going to foreclose on the house. But Harston wasn't going to give up his home without a fight. 
That's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. After receiving that letter from Island Cap's lawyers, Harston says he jumped into action. He started contacting attorneys to figure out what his options were. What else could I do? I needed help. I needed representation. I needed somebody who understood what's going on. At first, Island Cap didn't say how much money Harston owed. But they eventually asked for about $95,000, which included interest and late fees on top of a $43,000 loan. Harston's attorney tried to negotiate with Island Cap over a repayment plan or settlement. When the Wall Street Journal reached out to Island Cap, the company said it's in the business of buying defaulted mortgage loans from banks at a discount, and that if the borrower simply restarts loan payments, Island Cap would take no further action. But Harston and Island Cap couldn't reach an agreement. And we tried to negotiate with something reasonable, but they won't budge. And I knew why they were doing it. Because in one of the last correspondences we had with them, they said in clear writing, because he has so much equity in the property. I knew that's what it was all along. But they even said it out loud that the reason they're not giving up on this in so many words, they said it clear as day because of the amount of equity he has in the property. We ran this point about Harston's home equity past Island Cap, but didn't get a response. Our colleague Ben says that higher home prices are the reason so many zombie mortgages are coming out of the woodwork now. The U.S. housing market has been on a tear lately. Home values have been soaring. And after years of making payments on their first mortgages, homeowners have built up a lot of equity in their homes. And the equity is important because... That is the value of your home. And if somebody owns the right to foreclose on that home, the thing that they're foreclosing on has gotten a lot more valuable or the thing that they're using to demand payment has gotten a lot more valuable. In other words, the more valuable a house is, the more profit there is for the second mortgage holder after all the other home loans have been paid off. So what we're seeing today really kind of comes from this place of there's a lot of value in these homes. So it's now worth my while to go and try to use that old loan to squeeze some money out of it. This experience left Harston feeling like the system is unfair. He tried to settle with Island Cap, but he also sued them. Harston argued that Island Cap hadn't shown proof 
that it had the right to foreclose on his home. But his case hasn't succeeded. My attorney made it clear the statutes don't support us, but something needs to be updated. And that's what I was hoping somebody would step in and say, okay, this is something that needs to change. It's not fair to these people who didn't realize this was going on, that their charged off loans were being sold again. I just thought by principle, somebody would see this is clearly wrong. At one step or the other, I thought one jurisdiction or another would say, okay, we have to stop this. But nobody stepped up. In Washington, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has started looking into this issue of zombie mortgages and held a hearing about it in April. But for now, Ben says there isn't usually much homeowners can do if investors threaten foreclosure. And I think what's so jarring for people is just to go from this place of like, I haven't thought about this debt in 10 years to, oh, wow, all of the financial gains that I've accrued since I thought that debt went away are now in jeopardy. It really shows sort of the flip side of rising home values. You know, we think of like the housing market rising being, you know, mostly a good thing. You're building generational wealth and such. If you have some sort of zombie or ghost in your closet or whatever, it can kind of bring that out of the woodwork because all of a sudden you have something that is a lot more valuable than it was. And that's really what we're seeing here. At this point, Harston has been fighting to keep his home for three years. And now he's exhausted most of his options. He says he sometimes gets calls from property developers who want to buy his home. Selling would potentially give Harston a way out by giving him the money to end his dispute with Island Cap. But... I just say I'm not interested. I just say no thank you. And so you wouldn't consider selling your home to an investor? Like that's not... No. That's not a path you're... Not my plans. Harston says his last resort might be to declare personal bankruptcy. He still hopes to find a way to keep his home. I was told to contact a bankruptcy attorney. So I did pay a bankruptcy attorney. I went through the process. My attorney said, you know, you want to have that ready just in case. Because he and the bankruptcy attorney both said, we're not going to let you lose your house, Harston. So that gave me, once I got over the fact that I might have to file bankruptcy, it was was easier to deal with. I have resolved the fact that if I have to, I have to. I'm a different person than I was three years ago. I'm not freaking out about anything. I'm not freaking out about if that's my last option. I'm okay now. I'm okay. I'm not losing any sleep anymore because I know... It's like the kill switch. If I have to pull it, I will. And I'll file bankruptcy. That's all for today, Friday, June 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in today's episode from Nicole Friedman. The show is made by Maharadoni, Annie Baxter, Ariana Bow, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Gadkari, Rachel Humphreys, Ryan Knudsen, Matt Kwong, Kate Leinbaugh, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, Heather Rogers, Jonathan Sanders, Pierce Singy, Jivika Verma, Lisa Wang, 
Catherine Whalen, and me, Jessica Mendoza. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapok, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Nathan Singapok, Griffin Tanner, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Sophie Hurwitz. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.